0: Yeah, I think this is just going to be a great way for Hopkins to leave the sport, dominating a young, hungry fighter. Stupid! You're so stupid! It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. You're probably wondering, what's going on? I thought that the last podcast was... The last one for the year. Well, that was the plan, but uh, some things came up. There was the uh, shock and surprise of Hopkins versus Smith. We'll get into that shortly. And Oscar De La Hoya, the gift that keeps on giving. Well, like I just said, he kept on giving. The, well, I'm going to get into that later, but right now, let's get into Bernard Hopkins versus Joe Smith Jr., Joe Smith Jr. must have the most bland name in history. Joe Smith. It just sounds so generic. It's like what a bad convict would use when he's trying to come up with an alias. Uh, no, uh, my my name is really Joe Smith. I, I'm not that escaped felon who, uh, killed eight prison guards. No, uh, my name is Joe Smith. And, uh, no, this isn't blood on my hands. It's just, uh... It's cranberry juice. I'm a cranberry farmer. Something like that. (laughs) Don't ask me what that just was. But, yeah. Most average name you can think of. Most bland average name you can think of. And yet, he has had a tremendous year and right now there is serious talk of him being named fighter of the year based on the 2016 that he's had and it seems like he's the only person in the world who can say that 2016 has been a very good year for him uh now you're probably wondering oh andrew like what did you think of the fight as you were watching it live well i wasn't watching it live actually um i was working we're in the real crunch time in the world of retail at work and so you don't really have a lot of uh, opportunity to say to your boss oh i'm not working i'm i'm going to be covering a boxing fight if you please so i have to do the next best thing and that's uh you know keep up with updates on twitter while i'm on my break and i'm seeing a lot of mixed results about it uh people are saying that Smith isn't doing too bad. He's landing some good shots. Some are saying that Hopkins is really starting to take control at this point. Others are saying Hopkins is starting to look every, uh, every year that his age indicates he's looking 51 years old, even older. And then I see one tweet, and it says Hopkins has just been knocked out of the ring by Joe Smith Jr., and I saw that tweet and I thought, okay, what a joke. And then do a quick refresh and then, wait a minute, there's another tweet that says the same thing. Wait, n- another one? Dan Raphael's reporting it? All these other reporters are reporting it? And I actually exclaimed, whoa, Jesus! And must have done it loud enough because the security guard comes rushing into the break room and he's like, what just happened?! And, and he's just thinking that there's some actual emergency. Not that I'm not that I've seen some outrageous status update on Twitter, but I, I just turned to him and I said, Bernard Hopkins has just been knocked out of the ring by his opponent. And the security guard, Henry, who, you know, enjoys boxing, too. He exclaims, oh, my God, I didn't know Bernard Hopkins was still fighting. <laughs> yeah, it. It it, it, it it, left me kind of dumbstruck. It's like, wait a minute. Bernard Hopkins has been knocked out of the ring? So, what's happened? He's It, it seemed like he wasn't in a big hurry to get back into the ring. And uh, when I watched the fight, I thought, okay, well, doesn't look like he's in a big hurry. I, I don't believe this thing about him hurting his ankle. Honest to God. Because I've watched that fall several times. And... I'm kind of like, okay, well, where's the part where you hurt your ankle? You're just going back, and uh, I I don't see your ankle hit anything. So what is this? But uh, either way, referee reached the count of 20, which is what you get when you – get knocked out of the ring if you get knocked down you just get 10 seconds but if you're knocked out of the ring you actually get 20 seconds to get back into the ring um Hopkins was very lucky he did not crack his head open because when I actually saw uh him get knocked down I thought oh my god how the heck is he still conscious but no he uh he hung in there somehow but yeah, knocked out the uh, the all too familiar story of uh, boxing legends who hang in there just a bit too long. You, you, I thought that Bernard Hopkins was going to be the exception to the rule, but no, sadly not. Knocked out for the first and last time of his career. Now, he, he was insistent, win, lose, or draw. This is it. I'm gone. So I really, really hope he means it this time. As for Joe Smith Jr., you've got this knockout. You've got the knockout of uh, Andre Fonfara from uh, this summer. Is this guy fighter of the year? He certainly put himself in contention. Uh there are people saying that they should try to make a matchup between maybe him and Andre Ward, maybe him and Sergei Kovalev or maybe somebody a bit lower tier like uh, Peter Biev. But uh, either way it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this guy if he is named fighter of the year that that'd be interesting i just hope that he doesn't get cursed like all the other people who have been named fighter of the year in recent years like uh Tyson Fury but uh no this uh very interesting uh results it kind of left a sour note a bit because you were hoping that There wouldn't be some sort of controversy, and Hopkins claiming that, oh, you know, I can walk, but I can't box, I I just don't believe this about the ankle. Sorry, I really don't. But regardless, the end of Bernard Hopkins' career, 55 wins, 32 knockouts, 8 losses, 2 draws, 2 no contests, a champion in both the middleweight and light heavyweight division, not a bad career, all things considered. Maybe not the ideal way to end that career, but regardless, a uh, a career that any fighter would love to have. I just hope that he keeps to his word that he's going to stay retired and work with Golden Boy Promotions in uh, building new champions. And speaking of Golden Boy Promotions, moving on. Oscar De La Hoya. He really is the gift that keeps on giving. And I, I don't know what it is with him. Maybe maybe he's unaware of what he's doing. Maybe he has multiple personality disorder. But the day after, he goes on ESPN and says that, well, no, I'm not going to tell you what he says. I'm going to play you what he says. There's no catchweights waits- waits- here at Golden Boy Promotions. <laughs> said, not- There's no catchweights? Is that really what you said? There's I'm no catchweights waits- waits- here at Golden Boy Promotions. <laughs> said, not- the very next day, just a few hours after I finished recording a podcast kind of tearing into him for being full of crap about there being no catchweights at Golden Boy Promotions, it is announced that Canelo Alvarez and former 160-pound title holder Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. are in talks for a May fight on HBO pay-per-view at a catchweight weight of a hundred and sixty-four pounds. There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. There's no catch weights here He couldn't wait twenty-four hours. It's just. I mean, the guy is bilingual, and he's, uh, he speaks perfect English, so what the hell, man? Do you not understand the words that are coming out of your own mouth? I mean, Okay. So you go on this go on this whole spiel about how Canelo is going to gradually go up to 160 pounds, and he's going to challenge at 160 pounds, and then you're like, nope, screw that. He's going to surpass 160 pounds because once you're above 160 pounds, you're you're not a middleweight. That's in the super middleweight division. Okay. Super middleweight is up to 168 pounds, which is where Chavez Jr. barely fights because he has trouble making weight a lot of the time. But you're going to have a fight take place at 164 pounds, nine pounds heavier than what Canelo is used to fighting at. And you're going to insist, oh, there are no catchweights. Come on, dude. Are you this desperate to... To avoid fighting Triple G or fighting in the middleweight division at all? I, I don't get it. And I know there are some people, well, Andrew, you know, this is fighting the two Mexicans and uh, it can make a lot of money. Yeah, no doubt it can make a lot of money. But, well, the truth is, this could have made a, a lot more money uh, back in 2012, to be honest. I thought that there was a real possibility of a fight between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, or sorry, not uh, Triple G, but uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. If Chavez got past Sergio Martinez, which I didn't expect him to, and he didn't. So, you know, that fight kind of went out the window. It it was one of the great, oh, well, not one of the great, but it was a great what-if match. But uh, now... Now it's really going to be happening for reasons I don't know. Well, I've got a theory on that, but uh, there's now talks that Chavez Senior is saying that Golden Boy is offering his son peanuts, and it's kind of like, oh, gee, now you know what it's like to be Triple G, no doubt. But the more I thought about it, it 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 was just kind of infuriating. So it's like, wait a minute, you've got an you've got a champion. Uh, why, why am I calling Triple G the opponent? No, no, no. He is the legitimate middleweight champion of the world. So you've got a middleweight champion who can make 160 pounds. You've got Canelo, who Oscar de la Hoya says is actually a 154-pound fighter, allegedly. Canelo truly is a 54-pounder. Okay, so we're in agreement. This is a super middleweight catchweight fight. Because guess what? You're fighting over 160 pounds. You're not a middleweight. This is a super middleweight fight. And I have a great theory about why they're doing it this way. And and who knows? Maybe I'm crazy. But Oscar and Canelo, for the past couple years... Every time you bring up Triple G, it's always, well, Canelo is just too small. He's not big enough for 160 pounds. So they've realized, well, wait, what if we got higher than 160 pounds? What if we start at 164 pounds, do a catchweight fight against Chavez Jr., and then afterwards, when it's time to make the fight with Canelo, we can say, Canelo's having a hard time getting down to 160 pounds, he's just too big now, he can't make 160 pounds, come on, you, you, have to, you have to give more leeway than that, it's Triple G who has to move up, why is he so afraid to move up, after all, Canelo went to 164 pounds, so they should fight for the 160 pound titles at 164 pounds, because that makes sense, allegedly, Honest to God, that's what I think Oscar De La Hoya is up to. I'm very serious. This isn't some sort of satire. No, I think that he is trying to get Canelo too big and then say, oh, well, he's just too big, and unfortunately, it looks like Triple G is unwilling to move up now. Ugh. it's, It's a truly evil and brilliant plan, but, uh, it's still evil, but I shouldn't expect any less from Oscar De La Hoya, uh, well, thank you for this, Oscar, this truly was a wonderful Christmas gift, I'm glad that you, uh, didn't wait until next year to, uh, give this to the boxing public, because you know that they clearly wanted this fight, uh, there are going to be more developments as time goes on, but for now, Let's just move on to something else. Alexander Provetkin and Berman Severin were to face off in Russia this past Saturday. However, the day before the fight took place, it was uh, decide or not decide, but uh, it was announced that the WBC was not going to sanction this fight. This uh, fight was originally supposed to take place for the uh, interim WBC heavyweight title, which is a pointless title regardless, but the winner was to become the number one contender for WBC uh, champion uh, Deontay Wilder. And Bourbon Stavern and his team, uh, they left Russia after Pavetkin tested positive for a banned substance. So at the last minute, on less than a day's notice, they got a uh, a late replacement named uh, Johan Duhapas or whatever his name is. I don't care. This fight should not have taken place at all, especially after Povetkin tests positive for a banned substance. Okay? It's like you've got something illegal in your system. You should not be fighting. And in my opinion, he should never be fighting again. Okay? But regardless, the fight took place. uh, Povetkin won by knockout in the sixth round. But, uh, this was disgraceful. I, I, I was shocked not by the fact that a Russian was caught doping. I mean, that's kind of like saying, oh, look, an obese American. It's like, well, they're all around, but, uh, if I was Stavern, I would be incredibly pissed. I am surprised that, uh, well, as of yet, there is no legal action announced, but, uh, the cancellation cost each fighter, uh, according to Dan Raphael of ESPN, $1,424,250 each. And the winner would have gotten another $300,000 bonus. So imagine losing out on an opportunity opportunity to make that much money because, uh, you know, you've got somebody who's tested positive for banned substances before doing the same thing again. Uh, it, it, it just, it kind of makes me wonder like, why would anybody go forward with this fight? But should be banned for life as far as I'm concerned. And Stiverne did the right thing by getting out of there. Sorry. You know, you, you test positive. Great. Bye. And I, I, I believe it was the second test he had failed in six months. And those are just the times when he's been caught. Okay? Keep that in mind. Those are the only times that he's been caught. And, of course, his team are using the the, uh, same old... Well, I don't want to say the same old story, but it, it comes up every once in a while whenever somebody tests positive or something. Oh, I must have eaten some bad meat. Of course... And the reason that I tested positive for heroin when my work decided to do those random drug tests was because I had a bad poppy seed bagel. Come on. It's just a joke, but... It's a shame, really, because the fight was an interesting matchup. Stiverne wants a rematch uh, with Deontay Wilder, who won the WBC heavyweight title from him. Pavetkin uh I I don't know I always remember him being talked about as some big is some guy who's going to be a big force in the heavyweight division and then he meets up with Vladimir Klitschko and just gets dominated he should I don't know how the hell he uh managed to go the distance but he did and he's just been kind of mediocre in my opinion ever since and this does nothing to help his reputation uh Yeah, hopefully in 2017, we can get some better drug testing in place so that these kinds of embarrassments don't happen more often, okay? But oddly enough, I don't think that was the worst case of uh, cheaters this weekend because Yurioka Gamboa, poor guy, been inactive for, you know, around a year, and He's uh, going to fight uh, South Africa's Malcolm Klassen, who is 33, 6, and 2 with 17 knockouts. But then the fight gets canceled after Klassen was arrested by police when they raided his hotel room and found him, his trainer, and a nurse with illegal performance-enhancing drugs in their possession. It's kind of like, what the hell is this? Come on. I like, I I thought that we were supposed to be getting better at catching cheaters, but well, I mean, granted, we did catch them, but oh my gosh, I I you would think if anything that it would make fighters more honest, not say, "Okay, we need to find better ways to ch- better ways to cheat." This is this is an embarrassment. Uh I I feel so bad for Gamboa because he's been out of the ring for a long time and really wants to make a comeback and then this happens oh really really quite a shame so (laughs) what else can you say about that finally for this podcast have we seen the last of Andre Ward As you all know, Ward got off the canvas in round two to win a close and somewhat controversial decision over former light heavyweight champion uh, Sergei Kovalev. And, of course, there's talks of a rematch, but Ward has uh, indicated that uh, he will retire unless he receives a satisfactory offer to face Kovalev for a second time. And he said, oh, I'll have no problem walking away from boxing forever oh Andre no look I know you're 32 and that but no I I really hope this does not happen it personally if I were uh if I were Kovalev I would kind of look despite how you feel about the fight I felt that Kovalev won it was a very close fight but uh I think that if I were Kovalev, I would do whatever I can to make Ward happy within reason, and uh, and say, okay, look, I got you got what you want. Now I'm going to get what I want, and that's a chance to beat you and get my titles back. Uh, I, if Ward were to retire, I think that his legacy would be one of unfulfilled potential. And you might think, well, wait a minute. He was, you know, rec- the recognized super middleweight champion of the world. He defeated the hardest-hitting light heavyweight champion we've seen in ages. Well, yeah, but he never did that did that convincingly against Kovalev. Yes, he he was undefeated at super middleweight, undefeated his whole career, but. With Andre Ward, you always felt like there would be more. You know, this is the last American male to win a gold medal at the Olympics. You know, won many titles in uh, super middleweight and light heavyweight. You would just expect a bit more from him. You would expect him to be to be a household name, and yet barely anybody knows who he is outside of boxing. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I remember when I was a kid, people who didn't watch boxing, they knew of the name Oscar De La Hoya. Nobody knows who Andre Ward is. I I hope that uh, the fight can be made for sometime next year. I, I think that it's a very, regardless, it's a very good matchup still, even, uh, if a lot of people think that war got dominated throughout, I still think that it can be an exciting fight. And who knows, maybe a uh, very hungry, very pissed off Sergei Kovalev will know, okay, I'm just going to go out there, blast the hell out of him, get my titles back. I-, I hope that can be made in 2017. Anyway, that's all we have for you for real uh, for the rest of 2016. I'm like I said uh, in the previous podcast, I'm going to be doing my damnedest to uh, continue to be more active with the podcast because it's not fair to you, the loyal listeners who uh, have to keep waiting sometimes a month just to see if there is anything new out of me aside from the occasional tweets and uh, all the daily history uh, posts that I make. but. Uh, As I said, I'm going to be doing that as often as I can, the daily history post, and I am going to be more active on social media, so uh, stick around and look forward to that because 2017 is going to be a lot better than 2016. At least I hope it is. I mean, let's be honest, 2016 sucked, unless you were Joe Smith Jr., We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Staverne Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to YouTube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and a Happy New Year.